You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. A call out to your ancestral helping spirits and to mine. I call out to these people that walked the earth, that lived well and died well, that rose to the challenges of their time in ways they never imagined that they could. A call out to these ancestors to lean in and to be with us, to support the living in doing what we are called to do in our time. Help us to rise to the challenges that are before us and let these challenges inspire us to bring forward aspects of ourselves that we never imagined. We give gratitude to these ancestral helping spirits for holding us in a way that this change is possible and that we are able to do what is being called out of us by those who are coming. And let us all reach beyond the humans to that great web of life all around us and all of our many ancestors in non-human form who have been here long before there was ever a human and will be here long after. Let us reach out to those ancestors that take all the forms of the earth, of the plants, of the animals, of the insects, of all of the many parts of each ecosystem that move in balance and harmony across the earth. We call out to those of land and sea and air to help us to remember how we fit into this great web of life. We ask these energies to help us to understand our own true nature as humans and to live into that nature in a way that humanity can be felt by all living things as a profound blessing. We call out to these ancestral helping spirits in their many forms to be with us in this day and we give gratitude to their presence as they circle around us. And now let us take our responsibility to call ourself from wherever we might be into our head from our head to our heart and our heart down to our belly. And let's take a moment and focus and reach out to the earth to give gratitude for your life. Gratitude for this day and all the wonder, all the possibility, all the challenges it has in store for you. Gratitude for all that has been in your life that has brought you to this moment. And gratitude to all that will be. We give thanks to the earth for this place to live out our life's journey, for the diversity and beauty all around us that makes that journey meaningful and valuable. We give gratitude to the earth itself for the simple miracle of life itself. And with this profound gratitude in our heart, let that pour out into each layer of the earth as we begin with intention to move our energy down through all the layers of the earth into the very center of the earth where we anchor ourselves firmly. And let us take a moment and sink into those aspects of power that draw their energy and their essence out of darkness. 
the power of silence, of solitude, of stillness, that energy that is before the abundance that we experience here on earth, that which is before all that is, that which nourishes and sustains life, replenishes and restores. Let us reach deeply into this energy in the earth and draw it up through all the layers of the earth, up into our body and into our belly and take a moment here and connect in to the earth element within ourselves. To know where you are, to know where you stand, to know what you stand for, to understand deeply what has heart and meaning for you, and to build your life based on those things, to draw your sense of tradition out of that which builds a world that reflects your own values of heart and meaning. And as you create a sense of home and belonging, a sense of hearth, a sense of sharing your life with others, let us all strive to do so in a way that we open our door, we open a place at our table to those who are different than we are. For it is in those differences, embracing them and inviting them in that we will come to know the deeper reaches and possibility of our own selves and can appreciate the great beauty and power and strength in the vulnerability that is necessary to see our great diversity as one of our greatest human superpowers. And as we live in this way or strive to live in this way, may we come into right relationship with ourself, right relationship with life around us, right relationship with the environment, and right relationship with the invisible world. And as we call these energies in and invite ourselves to be in right relationship with them, may we have a sense of the oneness of all things and understand that as this highest example of what right relationship can be. And with that inspiration, let us draw our energy from our belly to our heart and our heart to our mind to reach our energy up and out the top of our head, out into the sky. Whatever weather it holds for you, let the extension of your energy out through your world be real, into the true weather above you, out through the atmosphere, out into the cosmos and through that cosmos to the highest power of the universe. By whatever name you know this energy, however you conceive of it, to connect all the way to this energy and draw this energy back down into your day, drawing this radiant divine light energy into yourself, into these proceedings, into your day, drawing in the essence energy of blessing, drawing in the essence energy of protection, allowing these energies to flow in you and through you out and into the world. We call in the energy that supports us in mentoring, in being champions, in devotion and commitment. We call in these energies that bring inspiration and illumination. We call in the benevolence of our universe and allow it to restore the energy in our mind and our heart and our belly as we send this sky energy all the way down to the center of the earth, just as we drew the earth energy up. And as the earth and sky come together, these two great legendary lovers in this big love, that is the energy that they share, that they manifest as they connect through us, we let that big love awaken the spirit of our human heart 
that we're not limited by small love ideas of romance and personal preference, but we let our heart be inspired by that big love to open up the profound crucible of transformation that exists in the human heart and reach down with courage to draw up the fiery, fiery passions of why you have come into this life and draw down the crystal clarity from the mind that helps you understand how you're going to do that. Let these energies, so very different in quality, mix and merge and dance there in the crucible of your heart until they give birth to the third and most sacred thing, some sense or understanding, perhaps a true heart memory of why you are here. And may you find the courage in that very same human heart to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts into true manifestation in the world. And for all the spirit help that you have and all the spirit help that I have to do precisely that, I give thanks. May what needs to be said be said and what needs to be heard be heard and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I'd like to give special thanks to Neil and Sharla and Martha, Amanda, Autumn, Dinio, Andrew, Jordan, John, Richard. These are many new listeners that have started donating to the show, and I'm deeply grateful to those that are new donations and those that have been consistent, setting up a monthly sort of subscription donation to Why Shaman Is and Now. It is your donations that keep this show live and on the air, keep the archives available for anyone in the world who can get onto the internet and access them. And without your generous um, sponsorship of the show, Why Shamanism Now, just simply wouldn't be here. So for those of you who are listening for the first time, Why Shamanism Now is listener supported. And so if you are moved by this show in any way, whether it is inspiration, uh, maybe it's a challenge, maybe it's irritation, whatever that might be, you've been moved in your heart. And I ask you to do that most central of shamanic actions. Let that which moves your heart motivate your actions in the world. And do something large or small, financial or otherwise, to help the show to grow, to deepen your own relationship with the teachings that are shared here, um, to engage with the teachings in a way that bring questions and the kinds of things that further the shows and deepen all of our understanding of how it is that we might apply true shamanic skills in practical ways to our contemporary times. So thank you everyone for all that you're doing to help make uh, Why Shamanism Now a reality. We are live today and if you have questions about today's topic, which is why energy body mastery matters, um, feel free to call in at 512-772-1938 or Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site. And as always, you can email me at Christina at lastmaskcenter.org. All right. So why does energy body mastery matter now at this time? Okay. So the wisdom of the body is an extremely complex system that translates and integrates all your wisdom bodies. So multiple languages, um, the language of your physical body, your emotions, your felt sense of things, your intuition, as well as everything that's coming in from your uh, mental world, your spiritual world, all of these things, 
all these languages are being translated and integrated together into a kind of internal symbolic language that kind of multi-level symbolic language that can be interpreted by your mind so that awareness comes into your mind so that it informs your conscious choice okay so you gain access to all of this information through your internal energy body not just the mind but it needs to come through the energy body first to bubble up into this coherent integrated um awareness and bubble up into the mind because if you only perceive of it through the mind the mind will edit out what it considers um, errors <laughs> so it will edit out the facts that don't fit the mind's perception and so consequently if you've only learned skills that allow you to perceive through your mind you're not mastering your energy body because the energy body is about really learning to listen to the rest of your nervous system and the energetic interface of that nervous system with your emotional, mental, and spiritual lives, your, those wisdom bodies, in the body, in, in, the, in the whole nervous system, not just up in the brain. Okay. So you gain access to all of this information, this, this translated and integrated system of multiple languages through your internal energy body, as I've just described. And only, you can only access this if you can keep it from being overrun by old emotional patterns and or limiting stories from your past. And so these are the kinds of things today we would um, speak to as things that get triggered would be the language we're using today. It's still the same thing it's always been though. It's just that your, your, your energy body is being overrun by adrenaline-based repeat of old emotional patterns or limiting stories. And you need to hear that not from a perspective of judgment or shame, but simply from a statement of fact that this is what happens uh, for all of us as humans, when we do not have energy body mastery. Okay. So, and you don't have it until you learn it. So it's not like certain people get born with it. You don't. You have to learn it. All of us do. Okay. So, for us to be able to access this capacity of the internal energy body and not be overrun by old emotional patterns and old stories, limiting stories that cycle through our, our brain, um, we must become unseducible, which is one of the favorite ways that one of my teachers spoke to this challenge that I'm talking about today, to become unseducible. There are many different, many different teachers that I've had have spoken to this, and they've each called it different things. This is the one I think that is most um, engaging for a contemporary person. Um, uh, so the question really becomes then, what does it take to become unseducible in a culture that is all about seduction? That we live in the Western world, we live in a culture that promotes addiction. It promotes codependent behavior. It promotes overstimulation and distraction all among other things right but all of these things and their kin right 
uh, support cultivating in us um, a quality of free-floating anxiety. And uh, this state of being then makes us profoundly seducible, easily seducible. And so, so what does it take to become unseducible when we live in a culture that's literally training us to, to be in this place of free-floating anxiety that keeps us easily seduced into doing things this larger system would prefer that we do rather than become unseducible and, and value what it takes to cultivate energy body mastery. So um, let me also just add here, I wasn't planning on diving into this today, but for those of you that are looking at the literature, many people that have been, you know, even in the the origin and creation phase of social media with this idea of how wonderful this would be for us to be connected and this technology that's been created that, that creates this profound ease of connection. And, and to a certain extent, there is great value in that. And at the same time, people are noticing that this, this sort of next manifestation of technology is, is kind of tip, creating this tipping point that moves us beyond this general state of free-floating anxiety that our parents or grandparents, people that were raised in the 50s had, to a profound level of emotional unwellness around who we are in the world. We're deeply uncertain and insecure. Um, the anxiety level is, is uh, skyrockets in this way of engaging with each other that we've created via the least best practices around social media. So, so my point is just that we live in a culture that um, intended or unintended is, is cultivating a culture that is seducible. So what do you do? You are born a person of power. doesn't feel like it when we're children because we're also dependent simultaneously. But we are all born people of power who have free will. We all have the capacity to choose. We live in a system that makes many choices harder than others and many choices harder for certain people, certain groups of people than other groups of people. But the bottom line is what I want to talk about about today, which is a human being's capacity as a person of power who has an energy body to choose to become unseducible through a process of gaining energy body mastery. So, so far so good. To become unseducible as a human, in other words, this isn't different based on the color of your skin the gender or non-gender you identify with or all of the many things that are becoming ever more politicized in our culture in this constant movement towards creating higher and higher anxiety um, versus greater and greater skill set to engage with this diversity, to look at what we're unconscious about and to allow these false 
constructs of things like race and gender binary to lift out of our consciousness and and um, and go away, frankly, because the, it's the very misunderstanding of these things, treating things as real that are not real, that are creating the problem itself. Are we are we as a as a group of people going there as a culture? No, we're not. Um, and so this is. This is what I'm responding to right now by saying, yes, and we are still humans. The humans have always been this way, which is we are people of power that have a diverse expression here on the planet, but we need to learn to master our energy body so that we can use the power of free will and choice in a way that is clear and intentional and ideally the shamanic pieces in a way that is good for all things. Okay. So to become unseducible, you must choose your values for yourself. So from a psychological standpoint, this is individuating from your parents. Okay. From an elemental standpoint, this is essential if you are ever going to claim an actual right relationship with the earth elemental energy. And that is essentially about claiming the ground you choose to stand on as an adult in this world, as a person of power. These are the things that I value. This is what I am choosing to live for. This is where I am directing my resources, time, energy, money, heart, emotion, all of the resources that I bring to bear in my life, that's our earth element, is, is choosing for yourself what ground do you stand on. And then looking out at whatever time it is you live in, whatever's going on around you, from that perspective of your own sovereignty, your own power to make that choice. So that's essential to becoming unseducible. So this means then that you choose to value regular practice, that you redirect your time, energy, and resources into your practice. You can no longer seek a quick fix. You can no longer seek that magic bullet kind of change. You can no longer seek the rainbow unicorn shamanic cure. Right? You can no longer keep jumping from training to training because the grass is always greener over there solution. Right? That you must choose to practice and act on that choice however imperfectly to gain patience for yourself, patience for your practice, curiosity about yourself, curiosity about the practice to slow down and commit to the not sexy, almost always boring effort and action of practice. There is no energy body mastery without practice. So if you cannot value practice, choose yourself to value practice, you cannot master your energy body. It's that simple. It's always been true for humans. It's just so challenging for us as contemporary people with 
all we are being pushed to see and believe and do by our culture to remember the humble power of practice. So to become unseducible, you must also choose to value things that require cultivation. You can no longer seek the weekend workshop that will teach you to find your soul's purpose, your soulmate, and make five gajillion dollars in the next 24 hours. You cannot continue to assume you will find a deep, soul-sustaining answer in a weekend, in a free online course, in, in some sort of simplistic answer that doesn't require your own internal cultivation. You can no longer seek that next certification that's going to make you money doing what you love. It doesn't mean you don't need training, but seeking the training I need to evolve as a human being is a different choice than seeking a certification that will allow me to make money. They're different choices. They're not bad choices. But what I see from people is this like skimming a stone across the surface and having it drop down as a stone jumps across the surface of the water. It's a person jumping from certification to certification to certification to certification, trying to find that magic combination of certifications that are going to make it work. And instead you need to settle in to cultivating yourself and uh, and the ability to actually love regardless of what you're doing versus looking for the next thing to do that you might love. But to really settle in and meet that challenge of being love in whatever it is that you're doing. And so the third thing here about becoming unseducible There's this value of your regular practice and then valuing things that require cultivation and cultivating. And finally, uh, to truly become unseducible, we each individually must take responsibility for being a person of power. And for having been a person of power from the moment of your entry into this world. And so you can no longer engage in blaming, in shaming, in guilt, not directed at yourself and not directed onto others. And that you must learn to own your projections. You must learn when you are projecting and how to own those projections. Okay, so I'm going to stop right here because these three things that I've talked about would actually help you become you know, profoundly to become less seducible, right? But these three things in and of themselves are extremely challenging, especially in our trigger warning culture, you know, that leads you to believe that if we could just control the environment around us, that uh, everything would be okay. And, you know, look at how well the political correctness movement worked. It didn't at all because it was about controlling people and the external environment instead of dealing with the reason the problems existed in the first place. 
you know, why are women paid less for doing the same job? Why are people of darker skin treated unjustly and unfairly in our judicial system? Why are these things happening, not just making it incorrect to do it? Of course it's incorrect to do it. But to just make it incorrect to do it in some sort of legal sense doesn't deal with why it's happening. And this is what energy body mastery is about. I, as an individual, am not part of that solution to those problems, those larger systemic problems out in the world, until I can take mastery of my own energy body. And then I can participate in some kind of mastery of our collective energy body. So this is why energy body mastery matters so much right now because we, the people, need to take responsibility for the collective energy body and stop blaming other people for why it's not working. We, we, the we, the big we, all the we, the huge we, right, needs to be able to take responsibility for that collective energy body and we can't for all the change of the human potential movement, we still, for a large part, don't have mastery over our own energy body. And we don't even have agreement about what that means. We don't have a way to share skills and share those, the terms themselves. So this is why I'm going to just kind of stop right here on this path of, okay, so what's necessary to truly become unseducible? And just shift gears here to say that the truth about energy body mastery is that anyone can do it. It is elusive simply because it is not sexy. You're not going to make money over it. But it's required if we're actually going to do the work before us. It's about practice. It's about cultivation. It's about taking responsibility for your own sovereignty and living in that way, not as a way to get it done, but as a recognition that I need to get current with myself. So that sense of getting it done has to do with working through unresolved issues of the past so you can start to respond to the moment. So there is a certain urgency. And at the same time, not being naive enough to think this is a finite um, amount of things to deal with. And once that's done, I'm good. And I don't have to do these skills anymore. I don't have to practice anymore. I don't have to cultivate anymore. I don't have to take responsibility anymore because that's false. And so there's a paradox around getting with the program here, that there is an urgency to bring our energy out of the past and into the moment through the energy body mastery practices. And it's not an energy body mastery practice if it doesn't allow you to do that. And at the same time, we don't want to cultivate this idea that this is some sort of temporary situation. You know, it's a bit like dieting in that sense of you have, let's just say you have a really crappy diet. So you're, you're not going to, and, and, and because of that, overweight. So you're not going to be able to, to lose and maintain a healthy amount of weight unless you actually change the way you eat. You can't just start yourself. And so this, it's really the same thing energetically. It's not like we're going to just starve ourselves. We're just going to do these energy practices for a period of time to get this bunch of work done. No, we're going to become people that value practice become people that value cultivation, 
become people that value taking responsibility and are willing to engage in the activities in our day that are practice, that are cultivation, and that are um, me just taking responsibility. So for example, taking responsibility would be circling back to a conversation that left things unreconciled and stepping in from a new perspective, having looked at your piece of the problem and creating space for that relationship to reconcile with that person. So that's one micro act of taking responsibility. Okay. So, um, Like I was saying, the reason that I'm bringing this up right now is given the whole transformation of of the American culture, at least, that's only one I can really speak to, um, the transformational effect of the human potential movement that began back in the 60s, that we are definitely in a place where there is absolutely no reason for any living person in the United States, for example, um, to not learn these skills. You can gain the tools and the practices to release the stress and and anxiety that's driving your adrenal response to life. Um, You have the capacity to be able to disentangle yourself from messy, complex relationships, be they work relationships or intimate relationships, social relationships, right? And you have the capacity to redirect your energy into activities you value and enjoy, That we all have the capacity to do those things by focusing on one single thing, energy body mastery. That is why this matters right now. So let me share with you a story that I experienced this spring. So um, a radio show listener, just like you, came to my uh, basic energy clearing class and and the energy clearing is a piece of emotional of energy body mastery so i'm sort of talking about the same topic um just to put that into context especially for new listeners okay so this is a longtime listener um who's very motivated um you know listening to the show endeavoring to the best of her ability to bring those practices that are discussed on the show into her life and um So we're at this class and she takes me aside to, she changed her name. And so she takes me aside to introduce herself with her new name to connect that to the old name, which, um, you know, then connects me to to other conversations and and, um, healing sessions and work with this particular woman at a distance, right? So putting two to two together and connecting the dots. Okay. So what she's saying is, you know, thank you for the why shamanism now. Um, the things you share on the show have really changed my life. I've been, you know, I, I left my relationship. I left my job. I'm, I'm moving into this next phase of my life to write my book. And those clearing practices you teach on why shamanism now have been at the root of this. So I'm really just here in this class to say thank you. Okay, so it's lovely, right? But, you know, what is wrong with that picture? So what is wrong with the picture is that I've never taught clearing practices on why shamanism now for a reason. Because I don't feel it's responsible to try to teach that kind of a transformational tool in a podcast. 
I have talked about it incessantly. Granted, I have talked about what is clearing and what isn't clearing. And at the same time, it's important if you're really listening to why shamanism now, you know that I've drawn the line consistently over all 10 years of the show to not teach journeying on the show, to not teach clearing on the show. Because I don't feel it's responsible to try to teach transformational skills via random podcasts with who knows who is going to listen to the podcast in who knows what context. Okay? So so this is the issue here that I'm looking at in terms of energy body mastery. This is where we are. It's an distant example of where we are in the world. So there's two issues of responsibility here in this little story because the responsibility cuts both ways here. So there's a responsibility for providers to not oversell their services. And this is, of course, antithetical to advertising. Advertising is all about about the oversell. You know, if you buy this car, you will actually have this much money, meet this woman or man, and live this life. And all you have to do is buy this car, and, and you'll get all those things and that package deal, right? <laughs> you know, that, that quality of what is this ad advertising? It's advertising a life. I'm not sure what product are they selling, the beverage the people are drinking or the car they're driving around in or the sneakers they're wearing. You know, I mean, that the level that of oversell in and seduction involved in advertising is huge and people involved in the personal development, coaching, shamanism, spiritual development world are not immune to being seduced into overselling their products. And so what I would encourage providers to do to remain unseducible, number one, and to believe in your work and the power of good work to find its audience and in a sense to sell itself through the word of mouth of people that value your work and to trust what I consider an organic growth process that allows things to grow by the virtue of its goodness as people share the effect in their life. You may have to encourage people to be willing to share and invite them to share, but the point of that is to to have people's recommendation be valid. Okay, the tricky thing right now, so right, right now there's a new um, – platform here that invites me every day to recommend local businesses that I've never engaged with. I'm not going to recommend a business I've never engaged with. My recommendation, because I'm endeavoring myself to cultivate, constantly cultivate being unseducible, that my recommendation, because this is how good work grows in a good way in the world, is through people's honest authentic recommendation. So I am not going to give it just because I love you. If I haven't experienced your work or I worse, I've not experienced your work and I don't even know you, right? No, I'm not going to recommend it because we need to understand the power of our recommendations and to speak up about that which is valuable to us in our life. 
Okay, so that's one side of the responsibility. The other side of the responsibility for those of you that are wanting to learn something like, yeah, okay, Christina, I want to learn energy body mastery. Okay, good. Yay, good for you. And so your piece as an essentially stepping into the student role or potentially consumer role, not to be too crass here, but to be honest, is that you do your due diligence. You do your research. You stop asking for what we frankly can't, you can't have. You can't have one simple free weekend that's going to give you everything in your life. That's going to fix it all right there, right now, right? Be realistic and essentially engage in those things that have an actual realistic possibility of delivering on what they say they're offering. And so educate yourself. Ask, ask people you respect what they think about whether or not you really could get XYZ without practice and cultivation. Right? Okay, so the responsibility goes both ways. For those offering their gifts and services and their, their manifestations of their soul's purpose in the world, their medicine, and those receiving it. And, and so that's one of the main things we need to remember in moving our awareness into some sort of conscious um, thinking around energy exchange. Okay. The next thing about why that story about teaching skills via podcast is problematic is very specifically because podcasts are amazing and a podcast being thrown out free into the world is not a well-held sacred space. So there are things you can do in that kind of offering. And this has been the huge learning curve for me over the last 10 years, thanks to all of you, that each time one of you takes the time to send me a carefully written email about how you've done X, Y, Z with whatever teachings, and this is what has changed in your life, you're educating me to truly believe that for the motivated person who is willing to practice and cultivate, these bits of teaching that go out through the podcasts can be extremely valuable. And I am profoundly grateful for those of you that have taken the time to send me those emails because it does educate me. It moves me out of an, uh, an attitude and an uneducated place into some openness and willingness to investigate what is the possibility that we can do non-locally. At the same time, a podcast is still not well-held sacred space. And so there are things I believe that we really can't do. These are the things that require we have a truly closed circle of energy for that transformation to occur within the crucible of that energy. Whether we create a closed circle as an um, virtual group or a physical group is a question that needs to be answered. But podcasts, especially free podcasts that are just thrown out there into the internet universe, are not that kind of closed circle, right? And so what happens then is that you can listen to it from whatever perspective you want to. So you can decide the teaching means whatever you want it to mean. You can live up to whatever standard of that teaching you choose to. And no one is going to question you in that. 
that's the sort of the freedom of the whole free podcast learning situation. Okay, and so it's it's excess freedom, but that is not necessarily a bad thing. And it doesn't create the context to responsibly offer deeper teachings to you. And so what I saw in this woman's explanation of her clearing, because the story goes on and I asked her to, to share with me an example of what she's doing, is what I saw is precisely the thing I ask you all to pay attention to around whatever clearing practices you've learned, which is that quality of cycling in your stories in a way that is remodeling different rooms in the house, potentially finding a new room in your house and then remodeling it, but never actually leaving the house. So in other words, you're still in the value system and fundamental belief system your family of origin gave you. You're changing your relationship relative to it, but you still live within that house. You have not yet chosen to individuate from it and leave the house. And that's what I saw in this woman's description of the work. Now, the issue, as we continued to explore this with her, is what I also saw in her as a resistance to actually learning the teachings because she perceived she had already learned this from me in the podcasts, even though I very expressly don't teach it in the podcasts. She didn't feel she needed to learn it again that she was really here just to honor me and say thank you, but there was really nothing new this weekend for her to learn, right? And so the challenge there is a person who's, who has been endeavoring to create mastery, you know, endeavoring to dive in deeply, but doing so without a teacher to say, well, no, that's not really what the teachings mean. They really mean this. Try it this way. So without a teacher, in other words, someone who has already gone down the path before you, perhaps many, many times, and a community. And the value of a community that is sharing your, your process of practice and cultivation and taking responsibility for yourself as an individual, the value of that community, assuming it is a trusted community that you've developed a quality of intimacy and the ability to be vulnerable together, is, now those are big assumptions, right? But given that, what the community offers is people who can see where you are blind because we all have blind spots and people who can hear where you are deaf to yourself and we all have those places. And as we grow and as we change, we will not grow out of blindness and deafness. We will simply discover deeper places where we are able to be deaf and blind. And we hope at that point in time when we were looking at the really big deep ones that we are, we are well invested in community that can help us to see and to hear what we can't see and hear. So anyone who values practice and cultivation and ultimately mastery also values cultivating the community that will help you to see and hear where you are blind and deaf. And that uh, we all remember always that we are human and these things are always a possibility in our humanness. Okay, so that was that little, little story about recognizing that podcasts, free content online, you know, mini ebooks, these things offer a piece 
a nugget of real teachings. And again, this is what you all as listeners have taught me. And the responsibility is on the person to be able to connect the dots and create the practice and cultivate from those teachings, my, mine and other people's, right? And we all need to come to understand where do we also need community now and a teacher to begin to bring these teachings up in their standard. And so this moves me to a show, I don't know, I guess now it's about a month ago, the Moving Into Deep Water show. I'm not going to repeat the show here. You can access it in the archives. The essence of that show is saying that for all of the amazing skills and work and teachings and and everything that is out there, again, from this range of hu- what would be human potential movement, coaching movement, personal development, spiritual development, shamanism, this, this whole deep psychology, this all of these, these related schools of thought and discipline and teaching, right? all, all of that, in all of that, we remain individuals learning skills and applying them to our own individual development in the blue water. We can all still touch the bottom. We have not yet willing or able as a collective to move out into the deep water, to dive down, find the sea monsters and understand what is the deep systemic structure or what is the deep structure underneath the systems that keep our collective in a state of illness, dis-ease, and uh, injustice, etc. So, so this was my call out to those of you who feel, yeah, okay, I, I want to try to do that. I, I get it. I've been here in the blue water. I got me some skills. I want to start to use them, and I want to start to use them with others to address our collective issues. Okay, so this is why energy body mastery matters now because we can't work effectively as a collective without the individuals in the collective each having mastered their own energy body. Back to what I said in the very beginning of the show, we can't even presume to accurately assess the problems in the collective energy body if we are unable to accurately work with our own energy body. So that moving into the deep water event is also inspired in some ways by the first story that I shared about this person who sincerely believed they were taking these teachings from why shamanism now and embodying them in their life without realizing this, the, the reason why we would want the teachings is definitely there in why shamanism now, but not the teachings themselves. And so this effort now in my life particularly with the Energy Body Mastery course, online course, is to respond to this kind of listener who needs the teacher and needs the collective around them. Right? And to, to give that individual the ability to do deep work now with a teacher, to give that individual the ability to continue to do their deep work with a community 
And as I said, I've learned this from you all as listeners of the podcast. I've learned it from the year of ceremony, which is now moving into its third season. Um, and I've learned that from my own student community, that uh, those students that are engaging in the four-year training, living these cycled teachings in a non-local community. So all of these places are places in my life that I'm being educated by you, those of you who are engaging with the at-a-distance or non-local version of how do we do the work. And so for me, I'm committing considerable time and energy and resources, visioning, dreaming, etc. of my own personally um, to create a platform for listeners like you to take that step that I was inviting that woman in the story to take, that step uh, that will allow them to go from being a podcast listener right, to actually engaging in the teachings, to go from someone who wants energy body hygiene, good energy hygiene, into this place of having the skills they need, a teacher to guide them, and a community to hold them uh, in the actual practice and cultivation of these skills. Um, Okay, and so if you, like I said, if you missed that event, you can listen to the podcast of the same name that covers that territory about blue water and moving into the black water. I don't want to go too much more into that. So what is this step then? What is this step that we take from being a podcast listener into this community of people that want to move out into the dark water and begin to work together to affect some kind of true change in our collective world? Um, so part of that step is it's not going to be free anymore. Uh, you're no longer going to be free to decide what you think someone else's teachings mean, right? And you are no longer accountable only to yourself, but you will need to also be accountable for your behavior in the collective, for your willingness to trust the collective, for your willingness to be intimate and vulnerable with the collective and the collective's willingness then in response to be to return the same to you so for us to do these things well we all need personally good energy body hygiene so that we can demonstrate true hardiness and resiliency as we begin to engage with these larger social collective issues and we need to share the skills for this not just trust in the 1,200 different places we supposedly learned energy body hygiene that we all actually are speaking the same language and talking about the same thing when we say the words because we're not. And so there's a need for us to be willing in spite of everything to gain a shared skill set that we practice and that we cultivate and that we're willing to show up for ourselves and to show up for each other with ease in this same process language of the energy body hygiene and that the skills for our mastery, energy body mastery, not just hygiene but mastery, are also diagnostic. They help us to see not only our energy body in the day but what needs to change for greater healing. 
And we need to be able to address this, this energy body mastery needs to help us to become very clear about the things that need additional transformational skills or work to make us truly unseducible. And so we have this shared practice, shared cultivation, and a shared level of personal responsibility. So as we, we come up to the end of this show, let me share uh, quickly share another story that illustrates why we need energy body mastery now. So first, let me give you a little bit of context of what, what I'm talking about. Okay. So 650 people registered for the Moving into Deep Water event. That was a live pod, uh, podcast, basically. 175 people participated live. And so the first issue, think about that, managing that. And this was a free event. Okay. Everyone then received the recording of this event so they can listen again. So there was a lot of technology and registration and uh, administration that goes into simply one free event for 650 people, right? And so that's the scale that you can think about this on. But think of the carbon footprint that would have happened if 650 people traveled from all over the world to Portland. Just think about that, right? That's a problem, right? So the spirit of technology here has something to offer us in this time of profound climate change and the stress on the resources of our planet. You know, the carbon footprint of that event was very low. It wasn't non-existent, but it was low, lower than everybody coming to Portland, which wouldn't have happened, right? So in that, uh, a woman asked me, you know, will you, will, will you offer these classes in a way that build the community that you're looking for to do the deeper work? Which was a very strange question to me because that was sort of the whole point of what I was saying is that I am offering these question, uh, classes online so that we become people with the practices and the cultivation that we're able to do this work. But she was saying, you know, is the platform ever going to be free? Are we ever going to just go do that community work? And it's not free. That's kind of my point that we all need to understand from all of this. If you're going to work online at a distance together, someone has to pay the bill on the technology. When you operate at that scale, you're no longer operating in the free version of anything. So again, this isn't going to be free. It's not going to be free financially. But it's also not going to be free in terms of your practice and your cultivation. That the only way for us to make that shift from what we're doing right now, which is wonderful for us as individuals, but is not changing the collective, is to actually be willing to understand the natural leaders aren't going to rise up and do this. That the leaders right now have to create a platform for people to step on right now where we are and do it right now with what we've got. And this is my main point about why the energy body mastery matters so much right at this critical point in time because we have to pivot around this corner of me doing it my way, however it works in my life, to realizing every single one of us needs to do that and how do I now raise my standards so that I am also 
a person who can do this for the world, for the collective, and that I can be a healthy part of that collective energy body. So I want to give enormous gratitude to all of the teachers, human and otherwise, that are behind um, a podcast like this offered today. Gratitude to the ancestors for gathering around us, human and otherwise, to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. For those of you that would like literally to join me in this effort right now, you can go to energybodymastery.com and register. The class begins April 12th, 2018, which is in two days. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week.